0: I'm Dr. Sterling. I'm a board-certified OB-GYN and mom. Welcome to the Becoming Moms podcast, where I give you the step-by-step to optimizing your physical and emotional wellness in pregnancy so you can create a nourishing environment for your baby, your family, and yourself. The information shared in this podcast is intended for general education purposes only and is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or another qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you heard in this podcast. All right, lovelies, let's dive in to this week's episode. I am so excited to be joined this episode with Ashley Iconetti of Bachelor Fame. (laughs) I can't remember exactly how we came in contact, but you shared so openly on your platform about your pregnancy experience, and it was really refreshing and wonderful to see. So if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself uh, to the audience and just touching on what your pregnancy experience was like for you.
1: Oh my gosh. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I have been very seen by Dr. Sterling. Basically, <laughs> I was, I wish I had found you earlier in my pregnancy on Instagram because when you, I had, I will say, I think it's still like borderline HD. How yeah. do you say hypermessius?
0: Hyper, oh, it's tricky. Hypermessius. Emesis.
1: Okay. Emesis. Okay. Hypermessius. Yeah. And then how do you say gravid gra-
0: Gravidarum. Oh.
1: See, yeah. It's very so emesis, is hard. The yeah. medical
0: term for throwing up. Okay. So we we instead of saying vomiting in medicine, we say oh she is emesis. Oh, okay. So hyperemesis. Is... Okay. Throwing up a lot. Yeah. And then what does group... Gravidarum just means yeah. pregnant in pregnancy? Oh, okay. So gravid is uh, a, a pregnant person or gravid uterus is a pregnant uterus.
1: Gotcha. We okay. have to make things very
0: complicated.
1: <laughs> we can't just say things normally. <laughs> HG is what I call it now. Yeah. Okay. So, well, a little background on me, like you said, I'm bachelor franchise. Um, my husband and I, our whole story was out there from like a meeting, which was seven years ago this week, crazy, Whoa. to baby. Yeah. So I've just been very comfortable in sharing basically everything about our well, not you know, pretty much almost everything <laughs> in our personal lives. Yeah. And it was cool because, you know, on The Bachelor, so many girls came up to me and they were just like, thank you for like being like relatable and real and raw and just like unfiltered. And everybody like appreciated the fact that like I was crushing on a guy and it was at the time unreciprocated and everybody I love your well, story by the way oh, i watched you. that that story season of it. Oh, bachelor you watched paradise that and i okay. just
0: love your story oh
1: well thank you so so many girls like said you know can't me just to be like thanks for like crushing on somebody like the way it really is on <laughs> yeah, tv <right? laughs> and then i i just felt really comfortable sharing lots of things that we were going through because of that and the platform just like i don't know i loved it because i just yeah. feel like i'm able to like reach an audience and talk about things that. A lot of people don't talk about. So when I got pregnant, I was pretty open about like our, our whole like conception journey as well. It took us seven months. And one of the things I would love to bring up here is that seven months is so normal and not concerning at all. I get messages now from girls all the time being like, I'm on month three, I'm on month four. I'm really starting to worry that I'm infertile. I'm like, yeah, girl. You have months before you have to worry about that. And yeah. people will even come up to me now. But People will still come up to me now and they'll be like, I know that you guys kind of struggled to conceive. I'm like, it was seven months. Yeah. That is not struggling, you guys. And by saying that that's struggling, it puts even more pressure on other women when they go beyond oh the gosh, seven totally. month mark. Totally. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, I got pregnant. <laughs> and it was just just the worst experience of my life. <laughs> Oh, it was, I say borderline, um, HG just because I was, I only lost like two pounds during my first trimester. So I wasn't losing a ton of weight. I was actually able to keep down a lot of food, even though I threw up most days and whenever I would throw up, it was always multiple times. Yeah. So the average day was probably about three times during the first trimester. Um, but I was eating every two hours and like eating really heavy carby cheesy meals Every two hours. So I was actually doing fine there. What I could not do at all was take any liquids, like drinking anything, nothing, nothing. And water was disgusting. Sometimes yeah. I could do a cream soda. Some that time, I know. I think I found you actually by your water reel on Instagram. <laughs> you being like, water is disgusting as a yeah. pregnant person. Yeah. And I would tell other pregnant people this or people who have been pregnant, I was like, how do you stay hydrated when you were sick? Like I I can't drink water. I, I It is the worst thing there is yeah. out there for me right now. And yeah. they're like, oh, I didn't, I didn't have that issue with water. I was always able to drink. <laughs> and then I saw no your reel, and I was like, oh my God, I am seen.
0: <clears throat> it makes no sense, but it's not that uncommon. Yeah. Water.
1: Room temperature? <laughs> yeah, room sort of temperature. Ugh. Disgusting. No. Nothing really worked for me. Gatorade couldn't. It was really like cream, sor- cream soda and orange soda. The only things I could maybe get a can down of. And yeah. it's not hydrating. Um, <laughs> no. I was asking my doctor. I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I was like, is the water thing normal? She, she told me that the water thing was normal. She was like, yeah. when people are nauseous, I tell them that. The one thing to specifically avoid is water. Yeah. Um. So because the first, I want to say 20 weeks, I could barely get down. The first trimester I could get down, I couldn't get down any liquids. Yeah. So I was on IVs for the, the most, I'd say 50%, 50% wow. of the time. And But I was really lucky because my dad's a doctor. So, and my dad is good friends with my... Well, not you're not know, good friends, yeah. but they've known each other for almost 30 years with my yeah. OB. So does, they, like, had a had nice rapport. There. I had an in. Like, they were able yeah. to text each other. So she set us up with IVs, and I was able to get my IVs administered at home by my dad. Whereas, like, that never happened. Like, most people have to get them a nurse, right? Yeah. I was 100%. lucky about that. And I'm, of course, like, I'm at home in Virginia because, like, I, of course, am going to be home if I have this this availability to IVs like this and I'm trying to keep it secret like my pregnancy but it's like oh my husband's in Rhode Island working on our business and I'm just hanging out in Virginia not posting at all because I can't like look at a screen right now because like screens hurt (laughs) yeah and I'm hooked up to an IV and I can't say anything about it Uh, so we ended up coming out coming out quote unquote about my pregnancy earlier than most would it was like I say we want to go on to like nine like nine to ten weeks yeah and that was also because I wasn't going to be super shy. if like I did this, carry. I would, yeah. would have been open about that, too. Oh, yeah. are you going to be cranky? But I'm, all, I'm obviously getting really off um, course right now. <laughs> but basically, my pregnancy was horrible. Couldn't drink liquids for a very long time. Really only was able to start drinking water the last, like, six weeks. So everything wow. else was, was soda and, like, cranberry juice And I got like lemonade a little bit. And then, oh, chocolate milk was my lifesaver and my ultimate hydrator once I started getting off of IVs because milk is surprisingly hydrating and chocolate milk was something that was weird. It was like 18 weeks and I was like, oddly, haven't had chocolate milk in about a decade, but sounds really (laughs) good right now. Let's check it out. And isn't that funny? How yes. just the most random
0: foods will pop into your head and you're like, I could tolerate that.
1: Is that, did any, of, did this
0: surprise you that pregnancy was hard like this? Were you, did you know that pregnancy could
1: be like this? The only reason I knew was through really Amy Schumer's documentary. I don't know if you've heard it. Yes. This. Are you heard, yes. You're familiar? Yeah. Okay, So it's for everybody listening, it's on HBO Max. It's three three parts. And she basically documents her going on tour while pregnant and having yeah. hg so i saw it and i remember i guess i watched it i want to say like almost a year and a half maybe before i got pregnant and i was like this is so gonna be me like i just knew i wasn't gonna have it easy i knew like yeah. i was gonna be like one of the ladies thrown up all the time i wasn't gonna enjoy it but i didn't think it was gonna be that bad especially with the term morning sickness you're like Oh yeah. Morning sickness. I'll probably be sick in the morning and then I'll like go throughout the day. Also in movies, they make it seem like if you're sick, it's like a spur of the moment thing. All of a sudden, like (gasps) nausea hits you, you throw up in your desk garbage can and then you're on with your day. Yeah. I did not know it was going to be persistent nausea throughout the day that didn't even get better when you threw up. That's the worst part. When you have food poisoning or whether you're hungover, you throw up and you feel better. When you throw up when you're pregnant. You maybe get five minutes of being like, okay, and then it's right back at you. Yeah. It is constant. It yes. is
0: gnawing and it is constant. Yeah. Yeah.
1: How is yours? Like, how much How much throwing up
0: do you do? So, I have an interesting situation. I have had a surgery on my stomach. Oh. So, I cannot physically throw up.
1: <gasps> so oh, my God. That must be kind of scary.
0: It is. You know, I do dry heave, which was scary because I can. I had a surgery because my stomach had slipped into my thoracic cavity. I had what was called a what what is called a hiatal hernia, and I had a really bad reflux because of that. So. I have a mesh on my diaphragm to try to prevent my stomach from going back into my chest cavity. Oh, gosh. And I was worried that I was going to tear through that and my surgery would all be for naught. Oh no! But fortunately, that hasn't happened. But yeah, so I can't throw up. So I have been nauseous all three of my pregnancies. And I just, I can, fortunately, I can keep food down. That's not an issue. But I'm just... I'm just nauseous all the time, and miserable all the time. Yeah. And when does yeah. it stop for you usually? So it's it depends. Usually around 20 weeks, I start okay. getting better. Uh-huh. And um, my actual, my first two pregnancies after 20 weeks, I was okay. It was this last pregnancy that it was after that ended everything else, just every other symptom <laughs> hit me. And it was a really, really challenging pregnancy.
1: Ugh. So is it true? Do you forget? Because people say you forget. And here's the deal. Do I, do I forget just how bad it was this time a year ago? Like just me having to stay inside being couch all day? Yeah, I, re- I remember, but like, not to the extent, like, yeah. I had a touch of nausea a couple weeks ago. And it was just a touch. Yeah, and it came back to me and I was like, "Oh my gosh, how did I do this every day for so long?"
0: Yeah. I think you forget the desperation. Yeah, yeah. The you don't I will never forget how gray everything was. Yeah. And my first time it was even scarier because I didn't know if I was ever going to get better. Like I didn't <laughs> Dr. feel like
1: Sterling. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's it. And now that I know, you feel yourself again. Yes. It makes it in hindsight seem like it's sur- more survivable. Yeah. yeah, it's the the first
0: pregnancy, the first postpartum experience, the first everything with your first is so much harder because it feels like forever and you don't understand how quickly it all goes by.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: For example, my third <laughs> postpartum has in many ways been my most challenging physically, but it's been my most enjoyable because I know how brief it is now and not just know it intellectually, but like, I know it in my bones. I've gone through it and I know how fast it is. Okay. So it does get easier.
1: Okay. Uh, um, even though it scares me to do this with a said toddler.
0: Yes. And you may, many people who experience this type of, you know, a debilitating pregnancy, they have to wait a little bit longer until their first or their second or whatever is just a little bit more capable, Mm a little bit more able to take care Mm -hmm. of themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I waited two and a half years to even think about starting to try to conceive again. Okay, And, you know, uh, having a two year old is very different than having a four year old. And some people do wait until their first is four years old to try again. It really, you know, it depends. Everybody's different.
1: Yeah. But yeah. well, I definitely want him to be able to talk. Like he needs to communicate with me before and yeah. like really like understand. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I will
0: say too, that, um, when I was sick with my second, my daughter was, you know, uh, two and a half going on three. And it was an, I was not able to be the mom that I was before. I just wasn't. Okay. I was on the couch. I wasn't doing a lot, but it was an opportunity for her to show compassion. And she would bring me over all of her passies. Oh my goodness. So she, it wasn't bad for her because the reality is that sometimes human beings are sick and they're not doing well. And it's okay. You know, it's okay for our kids to see that You know, we're imperfect. Can you relate to any of these statements? One, I tend toward the anxious side. Pregnancy has made me a little more anxious and worried. Two, I'm 35 plus years old. I want to optimize my health and wellness before or during my pregnancy. Three, I'm a first time mom. I want to make sure I'm doing everything right for my baby. If yes, then I created something specifically for you. On July 12th, I'm hosting a free class called Three Habits to Start, and two to stop for an empowered and healthy pregnancy. Go to drsterlingclass.com to register. Again, this class is free, and I have no plans to offer it again, so I don't want you to miss it. That's drsterlingclass.com, and if you show up live, you'll get my pregnancy sleep guide filled with tips and all the products that help me sleep in pregnancy. Plus, you'll have a chance to win a Nanit baby monitor, which is worth over $300. I hope to see you there, drsterlingclass.com. And if you're listening after July 12th, no worries. Still go to drsterlingclass.com, and we'll either have another class that you can register for or an on-demand class you'll love. So uh, let's talk about what, if you had known your pregnancy was going to be like this beforehand is there anything you would have done differently to prepare?
1: So my biggest thing, especially when everything was kind of quiet and I hadn't told anyone yet, especially with the social media following, like I felt really behind on work. You obviously like not only, I mean, it was a struggle to get anything done. Yeah. And then not only do I have work stuff to do, I have to look like I'm not like in pain pretty much yeah. while doing it. Cause like everything that I do is visual. Like it's on Instagram, even my podcast, like they record it and they'll like promote clips on Instagram. And yeah, I'm like, you guys, people are going to know something's up because even though I don't often wear makeup while recording, like I just looked
0: yeah. like,
1: Oh my gosh. So like putting on makeup, doing like anything that I normally would have to do work-wise was really not just hard, but mostly like, I just felt like a piece of crap. Uh, I couldn't get, like, I felt lazy. And that is something that I really wanted to talk to you. And you talked about on like your millennials getting pregnant podcast. Like, I was, I was just like, ridden with this feeling of like you're not being productive you're not being productive like you should be able to like get through this and still do stuff yeah so so if i had to do anything differently i mean truly i wish i could have taken like a a like a maternity leave during my first trimester before i could take like zofran and stuff because once i could start taking zofran life I could do, you know what I yeah. mean? But it was the the 12 weeks without Zofran. And I know I went a little longer than, you have to, they say 10 weeks, but. Yeah. So what
0: Ashley's talking about is that there is some mixed data about Zofran <clears throat> um, during the period of time in pregnancy, which we call embryogenesis, when the, you know, the embryo is forming, the organs are forming. There's a lot of evidence that shows that it's fine and it doesn't increase the risks of congenital malformations or heart defects, but there's some evidence that it does. And so um, I have taken some doses of Zofran during that early period when um, embryogenesis is happening because mm-hmm. I just had to. And yeah. sometimes we really do have to use Zofran. Mm-hmm. Um, and the risks are still very low, but yes, um, if you want to really avoid those risks altogether, then you're going to wait until embryogenesis is done, which is by ten weeks. Embryogenesis is done; the mm-hmm. organs are formed. You're not going to create a congenital malformation or a, um, a birth defect.
1: Yes. So I was just every day was it like, is it ten weeks yet? My my dad wanted me to even wait till twelve weeks. So yeah. I was like twelve weeks. <laughs> um next time like you probably will treat myself some days yeah and <clears throat> but I think the biggest advice I would give to myself is just more grace during that period yeah. the second you find like the second I find out I'm pregnant I'm probably going to like let you know, my agent know and my podcast producers know, and just be like, Hey, I may not be like full time working right now. Yeah. Um, give me what we can do now. Let's bank as much work as possible. Cause like I have that luxury of able to kind of work Mm -hmm. in a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I'll be like for the next two weeks. Cause like, say I find out at four weeks. Yeah. I didn't get really sick until six weeks. Yeah. I'm gonna be like, let's work our asses off the next week, and like be, maybe be able to take two like six weeks off. Yeah, yeah. I think that if you
0: can really decrease your load during that time, it can make a huge difference. And I think that it's, you know, it's so hard to before you know you become a parent before you go through a pregnancy. So much of our our worth is. From getting things done, you know, that's how, that's what our culture and society tells us. Yeah. And for most things in life, we can kind of power through, like, even when we're sick, a lot of times we can power through or we're tired. Yeah. But pregnancy is different.
1: It really is. You can't
0: power through it. No. Yeah. Did you feel at any point where you... During your pregnancy, were you able to to rest without having that voice of laziness? You know, did you get to that point?
1: There was, of course, days where I'd be like, "I'm not, I'm not doing anything today, other than lying in bed. I'm lying on the couch." My mom and I had the best time. Uh, well, it was <laughs> it was the worst. It was the best of times, and it was the worst times. Yeah, we well, we basically rewatched the entire series of Grey's Anatomy within the span of two months. Love it. Um, so that like brought me joy and that brought me as much joy as possible and comfort for sure. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'll be honest. I don't know if I ever got past that, like guilt of not feeling like I was getting as much done as I normally would. I I probably really did it. Yeah. I, the way I think of it is it's almost
0: like a cousin to mom guilt, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a precursor yeah people who really struggle with the productivity guilt oftentimes have a hard time with mom guilt too and I think that if we can see that tackling productivity guilt at some point in our pregnancy or some point in our journey can also help us relieve the ourselves from mom guilt too They, they they play into each other a lot you know as mom guilt is about, I really should be doing more for my kid. I, you know, it pushes us to, to do research and to, to just never feel like we can leave, never feel like we can take time for ourselves. And it can really suck the joy out of parenting a lot of times.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm lucky in the sense that I don't, I'm not having a lot of mom guilt lately.
0: Good.
1: I feel like I really am doing a good job. Like, if there's something I want to do, like, I'm going to be like, I need, I know for myself to stay my true self, I need to do it. I love that. Like, my sister called me two months ago, and she was like, there's fourth row center for Moulin Rouge on Broadway um should i get them because our favorite broadway actor he was in his last two weeks and i was like lauren you you haven't seen it like you have yeah. to experience it only with him in it i don't even care with him not in it like you never yeah. need to see it in that case and i was like yes buy the tickets i'll figure it out we we yes. we got to we got to do this and those I are the think, little things that keep me true that's to myself phenomenal i think that you know
0: i am not someone who experiences a lot of mom guilt yeah and i think that it's become so. There's a difference between normalizing and destigmatizing, right? I uh-huh. think it's always important to destigmatize these things. Like, uh-huh. nobody should feel bad about having mom guilt. However, to act like it is normal as a mom to feel guilty all the time about doing anything, I think that that makes people feel like there's, well, this is just what it is. And there's, no, it can't be another way.
1: Right. And I want
0: people to understand that. Parenthood does not have to mean feeling guilty all the time. Pregnancy does not have to mean feeling guilty all the time that you're not able to do because
1: truthfully, we're being so incredibly productive. Productive.
0: We just can't see it.
1: That's what I tell everyone these days now. Then they ask me for advice. You know, What can I do? I go, don't feel guilty just relaxing on the couch. It's the you're surviving. That that was nice. a piece of advice that one of my friends said. She was like the six, first 16 weeks or so is like just about survival. Yeah. So I would try to remind myself of that throughout and I feel like I'm going to be better with myself the second time around for sure.
0: Good, good. So
1: talk to me about what
0: brought you comfort when you were in those depths. What were the things that made you feel better both emotionally and physically?
1: Emotionally, (laughs) definitely (laughs) watching Grey's Anatomy and watching TV with my mom. Like my my husband was in the midst of wow, we just had like a crazy amount of things happening. We bought a house while I was pregnant and moved in when I was pregnant. We um, opened a new business, a coffee shop and bar. Um, We had just moved to Rhode Island. Two months before I got pregnant, it was just like a whole adjustment period, and he was yeah. working so hard on starting the new business that me be spending time in Virginia while he was down at the shop was fine. I didn't feel it at all weird about it. Lots yeah. of people would be like, "You should be with your husband at this time." I'm like, "That's <laughs> yeah, sure," but like now I'm not gonna feel guilty about that yeah. because I'm getting IVs here while watching Grey's Anatomy with somebody. If I yeah. was home. He would be working his. He was like working twelve hour days when we started, yeah. and and I wouldn't have IDVs. and it's just like <laughs> it was great quality mom daughter time. That like I'm actually when I look back on it, it's probably a time I'll always remember with my mom. Definitely. And he would come every other week, like for a full week. So it was yeah, like whatever. Um, again, off track, but I think emotionally it was probably just mommy time. Yeah, and. Just relaxing and having that quality time with her, just so yeah. crazy. And then um, physically, I mean, IVs. And again, I advocate for yourself because I'll get girls in my DMs being like. My doctor won't give me it. And that, and then I was like, and she, they're like, they can't, I can't keep down any liquids because people come to me now. They're like, I'm the same. Yeah. I can't keep down liquids. And then they're like, my doctor doesn't think I'm qualified for it. I'm like, you got to change doctors then. And there was yeah. one girl who actually like, she wrote to me, she, she said, I, I'm not feeling comfortable with my doctor because they won't allow this. And then I said, change doctors. She changed doctors and she was able to get fixed up within the week. See how amazing it is to yes. share yes. this. It yes. really does change lives, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, it really, really does. So, I have an amazing doctor <laughs> and a midwife. I had yeah. it, and I my my doctor like she kind of like comes with a midwife. The mm-hmm. practice comes yeah. with the midwife, and I got really close to her. She was actually the one who delivered the baby. Aww. My doctor was in and out, and she was the one who delivered it. We became really good friends, and. I was able to text her a lot. Like she gave me her number and just like having that comfort was also Mm -hmm. probably an emotional comfort as well. Like, is this normal? Is that normal? Then eating every two hours was really helpful Mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. I don't know how people don't like people would be like, Oh, I like, it didn't like, I just don't want to eat. I just don't eat. I'm like, you have to eat something because (laughs) it's going to make you feel so much better for Uh me. The things that, quote worked was like buttered olive oil noodles. Yeah. Um like and then there's things that fail you eventually. Like yeah. Chocolate chip pancakes was something I could almost always rely on and then I started throwing them up all the time. Same yeah. with macaroni and cheese. But I think just get something in your stomach every 2 hours. Yeah. And and right. have people help you prepare the food. Oh, yes. If you See, can. My mom was cooking for me yeah, and it bringing me it breakfast of... in bed. Because, oh. of course, if you get out of bed, yeah. Bleh,
0: yeah. Without and you. having food right there, if somebody's yeah. not bringing you breakfast in bed, obviously, we'll put being brought breakfast in bed privilege at the top privilege,
1: of the list. privilege. <laughs>
0: we'll put yes. that at the top of the list but if that's not there yeah having food right there for those middle of the night attacks and when yes. you first wake up can be so helpful Yeah. um but what a lot of people too will have a go-to and then you get a verse to it
1: yes like, so that was my thing don't yes. take it away from me <laughs> uh uh mcdonald's really helped <laughs> mcdonald's breakfast that was a way to start the morning for me second trimester yeah. not first trimester no. yuck yeah.
0: second trimester
1: <laughs> uh physically what else and then again like zofran just played a huge huge role for me people will be like did you take the B- b6 B mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. in unison i'd be like yeah and i threw it right back up like that yeah. did nothing for me yeah Zophrin, huge game changer. It definitely, like I said earlier, went from me being absolutely like pretty much like immobile to me like living a life, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a huge difference. Even if you're still throwing up. Yeah. If you can just get out of the absolute pit of despair. Yes. You know, it it is a game changer, even if you don't feel totally normal.
1: Yeah. Like I was able to go to family functions. Like my, yeah. my father-in-law retired. I was able to go to his party, but like, if yeah. you had asked me a couple of weeks ago, earlier, no, no, yeah. no, no. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So final question. Yeah. Someone is listening right now and they are in that place where that you and I both know that dark place. What do you tell them?
1: Well, first you tell them, you will feel normal again. Yes. You will absolutely feel normal again. And it'll be, it's weird. It's instantaneous. It was for me pretty much instantaneous. My third trimester was a lot easier than every other trimester. I did stop feeling nauseous for the most part. Yeah. But like, you still like have your, you know, your uncomfortabilities. (laughs) Yeah. But as soon as the baby's out, you're sitting there in recovery a couple hours later and all your pregnancy symptoms are gone. Yeah. Now you have other pains that'll yeah, start hitting yeah. you soon, but you you will feel yourself again. And then I would just say, survive. Just remind yourself every day, as long as you're surviving, you're doing a great job. Yeah. And to not feel guilty when you can't be productive. Yeah. It's like you are... So again, remind yourself that your body is being so incredibly productive. It's just a different way than you're used
0: to. 100%. And I always tell people, imagine if every single day, 24 hours a day, you had all these little pieces and this really complex blueprint to follow, and you were physically building your baby with your hands. Yeah. You would understand being tired. You would understand that you were being very productive because... You're doing all of that and your body is
1: doing all of that. Oh You're just my not doing gosh. it with your hands. What a way of looking at it. Yeah. That's we we smart. forget. That's a forget. really smart way of looking at it. Yeah. Because at the end, you're like, okay, you built this. You yes. built this. Talk about productive. <laughs> How cool is that? You built this with like the most intricate
0: Lego set ever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's so weird. It's so weird. I made you. Every day though, it's funny. You're just like, you look at your baby and you're like, I made you. We made you. How did we do this? It is so weird. I know. It's so common. It happens
0: so often. And yet it is so miraculous and mind-blowing at
1: the same time. So crazy.
0: Yeah. So tell um everyone where they can find more from you. What you're up to these days? I know you have a podcast.
1: Give me all the deets. So I have two podcasts. One is for the Bachelor fans. It's called Almost Famous. It's with Ben Higgins. he's like a Bachelor legend. And then yes. um you can follow me on social media where I do all like you know I do a lot of girl talk on social media. Lots of mom talk <laughs> yeah. now. Um, that is Ashley underscore Iconetti. And then I think that this would be more fun for your audience. It's my I don't get it podcast. It's all about millennial girl lifestyle. We talk a lot about female health, we talk a lot about like mental health, and we talk about just things that we don't get on a daily basis. Like like the things that they put in lean cuisines, like the most (laughs) random things that just came to my mind from a previous episode.
0: I love it. Well, we will link to that in the show notes for sure. And thank you so much for sharing your experience and sharing your wisdom with us. Um, I just have to say, it is so powerful when it's, you know, when physicians share about pregnancy and the challenges of pregnancy, that's one thing, but when somebody that people already relate to shares that they've had this this experience with pregnancy that it's not all sunshine and ro- uh, rainbows it makes such a huge difference in people's lives so thank you.
1: Oh, well thank you though because like what you're doing is so amazing like I said like I wish I had seen your stuff earlier on cuz you did make me feel so seen. I think especially it coming from a doctor means like even more and you talked about so many things that I thought would have been like uncommon but they're not. Yeah.
0: That's the thing is these things are all so common, yeah. um, but that doesn't mean that they are normal, right? Like it may be normal for pregnancy, but it doesn't feel normal when it's happening to you. And that's important to remember.
1: Yeah. And of course, when, usually when you look at social media, you see like the moms in the flowy dresses and I just can't, I can't with them at all. It's like so ridiculous. So seeing you and me putting it out there, I was just like, okay to get some pregnancy realness into the world. Yes. Wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing with us. And I hope you have
0: an amazing motherhood journey. And if you ever decide to become pregnant again, I'm here for you.
1: Yes. Thank you. I will be reaching out. Sure. (laughs) Like immediately. It's like, I have two weeks. I'm so scared until the the nausea hits. All All right. Bye.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode of Becoming Moms. If you were looking for more support from me during your pregnancy journey, head over to SterlingParents.com to learn more about our membership. The Sterling Parents membership now comes with a private Instagram account where members can send me direct messages 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Pregnancy is hard. You deserve support. Head over to SterlingParents.com to get the best support available for your pregnancy.